You're listening to The Bottom Bible. I'm Katie. I'm Vanessa. This is a weekly podcast brought to you by a couple of bottom-loving bitches who want to talk about sex, relationships, current events, pop culture, and everything in between. Thanks for listening. To tell me what you want from me. I, I really need it. I, I really need it. Hello. Hi. I'm Katie. I'm Vanessa. And welcome back to The Bottom Bible, um, where all your podcasts, sexual fantasies come true. I don't know. <laughs> I thought you were going to say dreams, and I was going to say nightmares technically are dreams. <laughs> I mean, some of the topics we've covered, nightmares, nightmares. full nightmares. Some of them, also nightmares. Um, no. <laughs> fair. <laughs> Tough, but fair. Um, yeah. Speaking yeah. of speaking of nightmares, I am mm. a nightmare. I thought it would be a grand idea because um, let's pull back the curtain a little bit. This is a Sunday evening. Mm-hmm. Um, Katie's been hard at work from home today. Just because she's not at work doesn't mean she's not working. I have been at work work uh, where just as the second person who's there at the front desk with me left i realized we had no more toilet paper <gasps> and no deeps. nobody had noticed i guess uh we had one a uh, roll so whoever took the last roll and put it on the toilet paper stand a hundred percent noticed it and just thought eh, i'm sure it's was fine. this after you brought in the the home stash no i hadn't brought in the home stash because oh, okay, i thought okay, we okay. had enough i thought <gasps> I asked mm. a coworker how much toilet paper we had, and she said she saw on Saturday six rolls. And I was like, oh, that should be fine. That's but I, I guess that was like Saturday morning or maybe it was even Friday. I'm not sure. What are people doing in them to in them, in them tubs? No, we don't have tubs. Well. <laughs> Could you imagine? Um, okay, so it's probably about, oh, God, between Friday and Saturday, probably 40 clients mm-hmm. and – six to eight to nine employees uh yeah on each of those days yeah yeah on a yeah. weekend day we easily go through two probably sometimes three tp rolls how many clients do you think poop in that bathroom <clears throat> all of them disgusting <gasps> they all poop just disgusting. dropping it i, I cleaned deuces. i cleaned pee today off the floor so and mm. i know who it was he's a sweet man but he can't see his 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 wiener i get it i know who that is too but it's like very you have kind person, very kind, but you have a decent idea and you missed it. I mean, a good six inches to the right is where you, mm. you, you seem to have aimed. Um, and I don't know how you do that because you can, even if you can't see your weenie, you can orient yourself. You can kind where's of your, sense it, where's right? your belly button? Are wiener people, aim, people that have wieners? Aim the you? belly button, right? That's yeah. what, I mean, I don't have, I mean, unless it hangs a little bit to the right. You should know by now, though, right? Like, shouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you should. Because somebody has to clean that up, and it's me. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, I didn't clean it up with my hands, because they do not pay me enough for Mm -hmm. that. Nobody could, really. I mean, you know what? Maybe. Name a price. We'll talk. Um, I sprayed Lysol on the floor threw paper towels on top of where most of the spray was and then with my foot just rubbed it okay that's exactly because what the I professional cleaners come tomorrow 
Yeah, let them. So I, I mean, as long as no one's licking that floor, it's good. It's it's okay. It's pretty good. It's not bad. It's Lysol. Yeah, that's good. Tomorrow, I'd be with that. it'll get some like you know deep cleaning, deep um, mm. industrial clean. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, yeah. Mm. But I mean, we'll sp- anyway. Sorry. Oh my god! Like a million saying? years ago, when I started this sentence, because I was at work all day long. I'm kind of tired. Um, you yeah. know, she tired. And I thought it would be a good idea to just pound a Diet Coke right before we started recording. Mm -hmm. One, I'm realizing I'm going to get a crazy bit of like the caffeine high, which normally is fine because for me that it's really a, a very subtle difference. What you will not, what I could not be subtle about is the gas that it caused. Mm. And so now I've got the burps, the carbonation. Um, so when we re- when we reconnected this meeting right before you like popped into the waiting room, I belched like a frat guy, like a Linda Belcher. And I d- <laughs> I don't that often, and so every time I do it, I always go like, "Whoa!" I'm like so impressed <laughs> with myself. I? Who am I? Um, so yeah, um, it's me, your friendly frat guy. <laughs> well, speaking of bodily <laughs> things. Um, it's like, it's weird. It's like, so something, something kind of serious happened to, to me. Um, and like, I like kind of don't want to talk about it, but at the same time, like, I feel like I want to share it because when I shared it, which is an unusual thing for me to do on like social media, Mm -hmm. I'm not usually that like transparent. Um, a lot of other, they were, they were women, um, reached out and were like, I have this going on. I have this going on. And I was like, okay. So then I was like, well, maybe for the pod, it'd be a good thing to talk about in case someone else is experiencing Uh the same thing. Uh And we can also talk about um, an an advocacy group that is linked to this. So um, it's been a journey. And you, for those of you that have listened to uh, the podcast for a while, know that we were talking about some lady time stuff, some period related things, um, you know, I actually probably should change that and not call it lady times because it's not necessarily lady times. It's like vagina bleeding times. Um, Menstruation moments. Yeah, I should change it with the times and call it something else. Um, but okay, so we're going to, I'll let the, I'll say what happened and then we'll go backwards from there. Because okay. I don't know how else to explain it. So on February 19th, um, a day that will live in personal infamy. Um, I got admitted to the hospital, went to the ER, um, got admitted because I was essentially hemorrhaging um, and could not stop bleeding. And um, they admitted me. We did a blood transfusion and I had an emergency fibroid removal at 4 a.m. I remember that time. Mm. The sweet, gentle nurses that were prepping me for the surgery. Okay. So we'll get to the details of all of that stuff a little bit later. But how did that happen? How did we end up there? Okay. So um, I think it was on the Planned Parenthood episode, maybe. I had mentioned that in 2020, like, it was like April or May, I started noticing, like, all of a sudden my periods were a bit heavier, a little more clotty. And way longer, like 12, 13, 14 days of bleeding. Mm. And I'm normally five to seven. That's like a standard for me. And I could tell you, I could write it down like clockwork, exactly what day is going to be what. You know, uh, like 
when it's going to start tapering off, what the consistency, what the color is going to be like. Like it is, I'm fortunate in the sense that it comes every 30 days and I know exactly when they're normal, what they're going to be like. So I started noticing like, oh, these are changing and they're getting a little bit more painful. Cramps were a little bit more intense. Like I could probably count on my hand the time that cramps have doubled me over. And when this started, like there were times where I was like doing that, like wincing, like, Oh, oh God, heating pad all the time. Okay, so 2020, um, you know, April, May, I start noticing this. And I'm thinking, is it the pandemic? Am I stressed? A lot of stress. There was a mm-hmm. lot of new stuff happening. I was drinking way more. Diet was changing, not getting the same kind of activity. We weren't going to work. All of these things had changed. So I was like, okay. Then it kind of kept going. And I was like, you know, I, I should probably go get this checked out. Insurance being what it is in this country – Planned Parenthood was my lifeline. Um, So I went to Planned Parenthood. I made an appointment. I told them what was going on. I gave them the dates. And at this point on that cycle, I think it was July when I went or June, I had had like an 18-day bleeding cycle. And I remember specifically telling the nurse tech, and she seemed really taken aback. But then like the doctor who checked me out didn't really seem that like concerned about it was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I said, well, the tissue seems healthy. Um, Everything looks good. It's probably just hormones. And I was like, okay, all right. Um, And me not knowing what what it is. Do I have cervical cancer? Is that why my, you know, I'm bleeding so much? Like, what's going on? And so I was like, well, let me get a pap. Let me make sure I don't have, you know, HPV. I don't have anything weird going on in there. At least I'll know that I can take that off. And, And hopefully if it's just stress, if it's a pandemic, it'll fix itself. So we keep going, we keep going. A couple more months, same deal. Still just bleeding. All I did in 2020 was bleed. Seriously. That's like all I did. Emotionally and vaginally. Oh, God. And just constantly bleeding. It was also the year that I was like, I'm going to go completely eco with my, uh, like, with all (laughs) of my products and the cup and all these things. And I've never washed so many reusable pads in my (laughs) life. Um Thinks, thinks wasn't prepared for this amount of money. Um, okay, so then I was like, well, I need to do a follow-up. So I did a follow-up. Same deal. I got the same story. I was saying, well, you know, it's this long. This hasn't been long. It's still happening. Is this weird? And they're like, no, blah, blah, blah. We could give you these pills, but that's probably it. And I was like, okay. And, I mean, I do understand that it's Planned Parenthood and, you know, my our insurance situation, and, and they, they shouldn't be held to blame for the entire insurance issue um, in the United States of America. Like, they right. don't have an ultrasound machine. Um, so it was a half, like, I think maybe fear of, like, I didn't know what was going on, and then also having doctors tell me not to be too, too worried about it. Um, and we'll get more later. Like, this is a common problem that happens to tons of women um, every day where it's like, eh, you're fine. It should be okay. Um Put some paper, put paper towels on it or something. You'll be all right. So um, let's go then. Okay. So this is like August or September when I had the follow-up and like nothing had changed. Mm -hmm. So then going through, going through and it's December. That cycle was pretty bad. And then the really bad one, the really bad one is uh, happened in January I will never forget the day my period started. It was January 22nd. I've had to tell so many people this date. (laughs) So it was January 22nd. I started bleeding. I never stopped bleeding 
until even when I went to the hospital on February 19th, I was still bleeding. So a few days before, and this is thanks to Vanessa for this recommendation. So, and this truly, I, I mean, ooh, God, this is heavy. And I'm like, randomly I'll get emotional about it. But like, honestly, like this kind of saved my life, <laughs> um, <laughs> potentially saved my life. So I went to a clinic that Vanessa had gone to and said they were really, really nice. And I was just like, you know what? Because the bleeding, it just wouldn't stop. And this is the worst it's ever been. It was so heavy. Like it was just, it, it was, it was, it was unbearable. Um, so I went on Monday, which was the 15th of February, the mm-hmm. day after um, Valentine's Day. It was a Monday because um, I'm off work. So I was like, this is perfect. I'll go. Um, so I went. And one of the more traumatic doctor visits of my life, um, well, what I thought was one of the more traumatic doctor's visits of my life. So I go, and one of the specific reasons why I went to that clinic is they are actually advocates for women's health, advocates for, um, you know, minorities and women of color, knowing the statistics. They have it right on their website. It's great. And they take heavy bleeding as an emergency situation. So I go in. I get checked out. I noticed like my blood pressure was a little elevated and I'm like, oh, that's high. And I asked the tech and I was like, is that okay? She's like, yeah, it's a little high, but it's okay. And I was like, okay. So I go in, I get seen by the nurse practitioner and I tell her what's going on. She's like, okay, let's do a pelvic exam. So we had been talking about thinks and the cup and all these like eco, you know, reusable period um, products. And so... She does the pelvic, she does the exam. And for those of you that don't know what this is, um, they are looking inside you. They're looking in there, trying to see the cervix, all that good stuff. So she looks in there and she goes, oh God, oh, I found your cup. And my, I have never panicked so fast. I mean, just, just swirls of what's in there. I, spoiler, I was not wearing a cup. And I had to, in the least panicked voice possible, say to her, I'm not wearing one. I'm not wearing a cup. And I have, n- I have never seen a healthcare professional move so fast. She was like, oh, oh, okay. Oh, 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 okay. Okay, let's get, let's get the ultrasound. I'm, I'm going to do an ultrasound right now. I was like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? So she gets the ultrasound, vaginal ultrasound. It is not a pleasant experience. Mm-mm. We find out. I have a large fibroid um, that is in my uterus. She's in there living her best life. Um, I think like seven centimeters, I think, was the size. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember you said they said like a plump, the size of a plum. Yeah. And I always think it's so weird when they compare it to a piece of fruit. But now they I realize fruit. Now I realize why, because I know what a plum looks like. Right. Exactly. Fucking oh huge God. to be. Some women have watermelons. Yeah. It's. Oh, oh God. God. Don't look up. If you, nope. if you're squeamish, don't look up fibroids. Um, and I'll tell you one thing to definitely not look up later. Cause I made the mistake and oh my God, uh, I will never unsee those images. Um, okay. So that's terrifying. And she already knows my insurance situation cause I'm paying out of pocket. Um, and honestly, I just put it on my credit card. Best like 200 something dollars I've ever mm-hmm. spent because it got me to where I am right now. Okay. So she's like, all right, listen, I'm not rushing you to the hospital, but I'm telling you, get your insurance figured out. You need to get this taken out. So I leave very thankful for them, but I leave in sort of this like weird panicked place 
because I feel relieved, A, that I know, but B, it's not, my bleeding is still going. And so Mm -hmm. I don't really know like how to stop that. And I'm hoping I can get it taken. It's like, okay, well, I have the information, but now I have to like see about like we got to follow up with the insurance because we had luckily we had already submitted what we needed for the insurance it was already processing but every so many so many people in america are in our same boat right now that it's just the system is backlogged Mm -hmm. especially with new the administration administration we had um changed a bunch of things and so a lot more people their qualifications for certain tiers of the health insurance via yeah um, so basically trying to get any help, um, a lot changed. So luckily we'd already had that going through. So I came home and I was like telling my husband, like, we need to get, I texted him. I called him. I was very upset. I was crying and I was just like, okay, well we know what it is. And like part of me was relieved, but then part of me was really freaked out because I didn't know when I could get it taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, and all I wanted was the bleeding to stop. That's all I wanted. And I'd had like hip pain and back pain, but I was like, if we can just stop bleeding, I'll be so happy. I don't care about the pain. So we, I, that's Monday. I work Tuesday, get through Tuesday. I work Wednesday, get through Wednesday. Thursday, well, Wednesday night, uh, well, so Thursday morning, I guess, early Thursday morning, I was woken up from a really severe cramp. Like it woke me up. That's how bad the pain was. And I was just thinking like, oh, because the crazy thing through this whole thing is my cycles had been every 30 days. Like some, the better months I would call them. Mm-hmm. I had like six days maybe of not bleeding or like on a good, like 10 days maybe. Oh. And I didn't bleed. Um, so then I'd had a little bit of a break and I'd be like, Oh, well then my cycle would start again. Right. So I was like, Oh, thinking, Oh, that's my cycle starting. Cause I was due for my cycle in another like three days. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, okay, okay. It's just cramping from my cycle. You've been through this. It's all right. So I took ibuprofen. And then Thursday when I got up, um, ooh, y'all, um, I, without being too detailed, I really contemplated, like, can I, am I going to be able to get off of the toilet, basically? Like, every time I stood up, it just gushed out. Every time I stood up, oh, it just God. gushed out. It just gushed out. And so I, I was able to finally get it together enough where I just like was like, okay, I'm just going to shove a bunch of stuff and just get it. So I took a bath to try to relax. And then I was like, you know, I need to call, I need to call that clinic um, and tell them like, okay, I have a do- I have an appointment. I had my appointment set up luckily for like the next doctor I was going to see to hopefully covered with my insurance, get me through. Cause I looked up a bunch of mm-hmm. like places that are covered by the insurance that I knew was processing through. And then I called the clinic that had seen me and done the ultrasound. And I said, like, hey, um, I'm bleeding a lot. Is there something you can give me? Like, there's, like, an acid that they can give you. Mm-hmm. And they were basically like, um, well, how much is a lot? And I was like, well, like, a lot. <laughs> and essentially said, yeah, we can prescribe you this, but I'm not doing any refills. And if A and B happen, which was if I do have another really awful episode of bleeding like that, which, spoiler alert, I did. And then B, if I pass clots at fist size or bigger, I need to go to the ER. So I passed three fist size clots. Jesus. Um, And I went, oh, shit. So eight o'clock came and that happened. 
And I had also been texting an L&D nurse friend of mine that's currently in Ohio, but we've stayed connected through just like Instagram, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing, and was saying like, hey, can I share this information with you? And she was, she said the same thing. She was like, I, if that happens, you need to go in. And so I was like, okay, I've got so many people telling me this. Let's go in. So, um, Mabu takes me and it's COVID times, so he can't come in. <sighs> so I had to get all my, my vitals, my, my blood pressure and my heart, you know, all the things taken, um, outside and I don't think they were good because I remember them being like, let's get her a wheelchair. Let's do all these things. Like when I finally got into the mm-hmm. ER and I'm like, I've been to the ER before. They've never just like insisted I have a wheelchair. Like what? Okay. What is happening? But I was telling them like, yeah, this has been happening. I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding. So things happened really fast. Um, they, I got in a bed like that. Finger snaps. Bed like that. They started um, fluids in me like that. Um, they took my blood, and before I got the results back, the admitted, admitting guy came in mm-hmm. and was like, so hi, I'm, I, you know, in the admitting department of that. I was like, okay. Because, like, if you've been to the ER before, like, I've sprained my ankle, checked right. for x-rays, thought it may right. be broken. It's not that fast. Um, but they came back and they told me, you are severely anemic. Um... My hemoglobin was 3.8, and so you're getting admitted. And um, but first, we want to do we need to do an ultrasound. Um, so I had to get an ultrasound done, and I then was going to get a blood transfusion, and then they were going to basically call the OB specialist to figure out what we needed okay. to do. So I get the ultrasound. Awful experience, honestly. They were so nice. Okay, I want to say everyone was so, so, so nice to me. I feel so lucky because that's not always the case. Everyone was so nice to me. Um, the ultrasound tech was really nice, but it was just really painful. Like, I guess I didn't, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how, how I wasn't accessing all the pain that I probably was feeling for such a long time, but I just kind of got, like, numb to it. I guess um, just kind of like, okay, well, I have hip pain. I have back pain, blah, 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 blah. Um, so we do the ultrasound and then I get started on the blood transfusion and then the OBs start to come in. So I had one OB come in because I got moved from where I originally was when, when they did like just the fluids, then I did the ultrasound. They moved me to a new room, um, like a different level of ER or whatever or something. Um, and where they could start doing the blood transfusion. So they started that. And then um, I started, I got a couple of different OBs, and then my OB that did the surgery came in. And (laughs) I'm obsessed with him. I've never had a male OB, but I kid you not, he came in, and the first thing he went, it was like, oh, what is going on? And I was just like, I don't know, but I like your energy. You seem very quirky and weird. Help me. Um, He was like, wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, well, let's, we need to do a pelvic exam. We're going to do that and blah, 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 blah. And so they, I got the, I don't know if I'm getting my transfusion yet or if he's doing the exam and then I get the, I can't, it's all Mm -hmm. foggy in my brain, in my brain. Um, but I do remember they did the pelvic exam and he had like his, um, she was like, I think training, she was kind of shadowing him. Um, and, um, like his, 
is that wait, what is that residency? I don't remember. I can't think yeah. of the right term for that. Yeah, yeah, okay. residency. Yeah, and so um, she did. She looked first, and they couldn't see my cervix. I remember him saying, "You can't see the cervix." That's a problem. And then I know, and I was like, <laughs> me, like the dum dum. I was like, "Where's my cervix? Um, what happened? Where'd my cervix? Where'd go? she go? What'd you do with it?" <laughs> so then I hear him say, "Oh, oh, okay, it's prolapsed." And I went, "Oh my god, okay." He's like, "Yep." So, and I, she just kind of straightened up. His little, he was, and okay, so he was already in, in, in OR scrubs. So I think he already knew he needed to take it out because he'd already seen the ultrasound. He'd already looked mm-hmm. at things. Um, and he was like, yeah, so I'm thinking I re- I just want to take it out. I want to take it out like in the next hour or two. Had to get blood first though. So it delayed the surgery mm-hmm. he's like but i can't do this until i feel like you're at a level because there's going to be you could bleed with surgery and we can't have that so and i remember saying i remember just being so relieved in a weird way like i didn't have i had fear i think that i maybe i wasn't totally accessing also from fatigue exhaustion mm-hmm. like just being tired it being like 2 right. a.m um and like the anemia fatigue just and all that mm-hmm. stuff so I do remember being like, oh, good. I'm excited. And I remember him saying, well, good. That's my one rule. I only operate on patients that are excited about surgery. And I was like, oh, I love you. Don't ever change. You probably won't. You're old. You know, well, you're probably younger than me, but you're old <laughs> enough. You won't change. Okay. So I get, they rush the blood through me. It's supposed to be like a three-hour process. Um, but they were like, and I think it's like at 100 something. You nurses that know, you can correct me. But they bumped it up to 225, I remember. And so they checked on me more because they have to check to make sure you don't have an allergic right. reaction. Right. Check to make sure that, like, you're doing all right. Basically, if you have an allergic reaction, um, they just give you Benadryl, like fancy Benadryl. Because, um, like, I didn't even think about this. But, yeah, there could be things that people eat that your body mm-hmm. doesn't eat or things like that. I did have really horrible eczema when I was, like, a few days after. I had a really bad outbreak. And I was like... Them fools been dairy. It's a dairy blood I got. Um, <laughs> gluten blood. Um, so, okay. So, I still, and I apologize because my timeline, my timeline is right, but it's a little, some things are a little fuzzy. So, um, I got the blood. I got the first bag of blood all the way through. Then they started the second one because I was going to get four. T- I got four total. Mm-hmm. So, the second one they started and they wanted to start that before they prepped me for um, surgery. So, I remember... And I remember, too, being conscious of, like, whether or not I put my things back on and being like, I don't have my things on. Okay. I mean, granted, I know it didn't really. But at the same time, like, you're used to thinking about that and you're Uh used to being worried about Uh that. And I remember the female nurses were very like, oh. Because I remember when I got up for my ultrasound, she's like, oh, are you going to worry you're going to drip? And I was like, yeah. She's like, oh, no, no, it's okay. We'll clean it up. And I was like, oh, I don't want you to. I'd rather do it. Isn't that crazy? Like some things that stick with you, even if you're just like. You're like, just leave it. I'll clean it when I get back. (laughs) I When they. Put a cone on it. Put a cone in front of it. I'll come back. So I remember I switch over to the bed. They take me. Um, this cute, like 50 something year old nurse, um, probably like sixties, probably like my, like 60 something was like, good luck, Catherine. Everybody was calling me Catherine. Cause that's my name on my chart. Cause that's my and name. I like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, thank you. That's so nice. I was just thinking like, 
you didn't have to say that. That was so nice. She's like, you're going to feel so much better. And I could hear them too, like talking about me, which was not a great feeling, but I get it. They were like, ooh, yeah. I heard like, ooh, yeah, it's like 3.8. I was like, oh God, is that bad? Because I didn't know what that was out of when they first told That's me. That's like <laughs> real bad. It's really bad. Um, what, why, don't you, like, why don't you share with the people what, nor- what normal range is? Okay, well, yes, we'll talk about this because I didn't really realize the grading of anemia. Um, and I stumbled across this the yesterday. Oh, okay, okay. Um, the, the like true grading systems of like how much, et cetera, uh-huh. et cetera. Because um, I had had some chest pains, um, but I didn't really, I, oh God, it's like I had these, I had all these symptoms. I was crazy, craving ice like a mad person. I had throbbing in my head all the time. Like if you guys watch Doctor Who, I had the master happening. I was out of breath all, but I just, I, I don't know why it was like, nothing ever took me out until the, until that mm-hmm. week yeah. when I was like, I went to do laundry to wash the rest of my reusable. And I like had to kneel in the hallway. I remember that day being like, Oh, Oh, you in danger girl. You, this is serious. You might, you might. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's keep an eye on this. Um, and so when I looked up the chest pains, um, I found the grading <laughs> and the grading okay. is zero to five. Um, zero is normal and you're between like 12 and 16. One is mild and it's 10 is mild. Moderate is eight is two. So that's eight to 10. Severe is 6.5 to eight. And that's a level grade three. A grade four is life threatening. So that's anything under a 6.5. And then the only other grade after that is death. Death. That's grade five. Um, So, yeah, it was a very serious situation. Um, I do remember, it's the perfect transition, though, because I remember when I was getting prepped for surgery by these two, oh, my God, the most, like, the best decision in the world to have these women prep for surgery because they were, like, wonderful, like, warm aunt, warm mom vibes. And, like, I was obsessed with it. It was, oh, they were the best. It was a wonderfully warm, kind, lovely, um, older Asian woman named May. And then a very cute kind of like plump white lady. Um, I don't remember her name. But because um, I remember because May, May was asking just me more questions. I'm just you were, um, you were the white lady. <laughs> you were at life threatening levels. I am just, just giving you shit. The white lady did help me get my bra off because I was like, Aww. oh, it doesn't have any clasp. And she's like, well, that, I was like, I'm sorry. I said, I wore the, I wore the wrong bra. She's like, I don't think, you probably weren't planning for this. So it's okay. And then she helped me because all my, all the other people in the room were like male OR nurses, mm-hmm. male anesthesiologists, all that kind of stuff. So I remember um, the anesthesiologist and the OR nurse um, talking about like, I remember they were still getting me ready and they were asking me all these things, consents and putting my like wedding rings in my purse and all this kind of stuff. And they were asking, they were chatting or they were chatting about um, like, yeah, like, I don't know, like it was being really sweet. And he was like, man, I don't know how you women, I don't know how you do it. You guys are tough. And I was like, yeah, okay. I don't know if tough is the word I would use right now in my situation. <laughs> um, but they're like, yeah, I don't know, like a gunshot victim. That's probably usually around that. They're like, but I guess that's acute. So like your body will sort of like start to accommodate as it keeps like dropping and dropping, <laughs> which like, yeah, still not great. Um, so, okay. So we get in there, get the surgery. Only thing I remember being really nervous. I'd never had a surgery, never been put under. Mm-hmm. Being really nervous, but all I remember is 
him saying like, all right, have a good nap. And I was out. And then I was up. Um, so that was, I do remember looking at the clock when I was getting prepped and that was like 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. And so then I don't remember what time I woke up, but I remember being in post-op. And then I just remember seeing my boo walk in with his like little, little Dodger hat on. And I was like, oh, yay. Apparently when he was called, um, and I was still, I was awake apparently, but I don't remember this. I remember the nurse called him and was like, Hey, you know, like, um, Katie's awake. Um, you can come see her. And apparently I was like, Oh yeah, that's what he heard. on the other side of the phone. That might've also been the morphine because I remember when I woke up, Oh my God, the cramping. Oh my God, the cramping. And I remember, I probably, I think I mentioned it and she was like, do you want some morphine? And I was like, yes, please. I think she asked me if I got nauseous and I was like, I do. And she's like, do you want some morphine then? I was like, yes, I want I absolutely morphine. would, ma'am. I, please, thank you. Please and thank you. Um, so I remember that happening and then the doctor coming um, and talking to me, kind of a little sort of. And I remember him describing, because he was like, how are you feeling? And I was like, I'm good. I was like, I have some cramping. He was like, oh yeah, your uterus is doing this right now and I was just like yeah, that's exactly how it feels it doesn't feel good um and apparently when he called my boo it was the same personality he was just like whoa all right so wow okay um so it went great but whoa that was kind of was a crazy night you guys had a crazy night and I was like I who are you who taught you your bedside manner because everyone needs to be taught this because it's delightful I love it it's very like it's just like oh my god um <laughs> So <laughs> I remember I got taken then. So then that happened. Blah, 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 and he's talking. He was talking about iron and stuff that I don't quite remember. Like take iron, do these things. He's going to call me like the next cut in a couple days. Check I've been on me. Blah, blah, blah. And I take him up to my room. Um, and then that's just like I had I they just wanted to make sure that my blood levels were at a reasonable enough rate mm-hmm. to let me go. Um, Because also COVID times, um, they need rooms. Right. And so I was taken to the fourth floor. And then I do remember I was so tired, but they had to check on me every, they had to take my vitals every 15 minutes. Or no, not every 15 minutes. That was for the blood transfusion. They had to take my vitals every 30 minutes. Uh And they were really nice, like, student nurses. But I was just like, I just want to sleep. And they had to wake me up. They had to do it. They had to do it. I get it. They had to do it. Right. So I did that. And then... I peed for the first time and that was an experience um like because the luckily the surgery was vaginal so I lucked Mm -hmm. out because Mm -hmm. the surgeon I got um who yeah so the surgeon I got was actually onboarded to the um hospital where I was taken on on their OB team because he's an expert in minimally invasive Mm. procedures because mm-hmm. his partner came up and talked to me the next day because he left. He was like, I've been here for 24 hours. I, I got to go. go. I remember like, he's like, I'm tired. So then his older partner came up, which was very like traditional, like, well, this is this is this. Um, but he was like, well, you gave people quite a scare last night. And I was like, I did. I, I don't know why. I just couldn't process it. It was just so much had happened. And I was like, I, I did. I felt, I mean, y'all took really good care of me, but I did. Okay. Um. But then he was like, well, and he was telling me about the doctor. And he's like, well, anybody else would have just cut you open and taken the whole thing out. And I was like, well, I told him. I do remember telling him not to take my uterus. I was like. I'm going to use that on. later. I need it. I was like full on fluids. full, And I was like, he's like, with the surgery, I was like, yeah, just don't take my uterus. And he's like, no, we're, we're not going to. Especially too. So basically 
went to the potty, did bleed again and felt really bad. I bled on my boo's socks because I was wearing his socks. And I was like, oh, I bled on his socks. And they were like, don't worry about it. This is literally, we have to clean this stuff up. It's fine. Um, And that was, peeing was not fun for a while. Um, So basically, I got to go home that day around like four-ish, I think, 3.30, 4 o'clock. I got to go home. And then I felt like decent the first day um because you know anesthesia hadn't worn off yet Mm -hmm. the morphine was still like cruising through Mm -hmm. the next morning i felt okay and then all the surgery gas all the things just hit me like i woke up from a nap in the middle of the day and i was just like i don't feel so good so but like weirdly i didn't feel good but i felt so much better than i had been feeling for such a long time right I i feel amazing um so yeah i was basically like out for like two weeks from work luckily Mm -hmm. owner everyone covered for me like blessed angels that they are um and right now so I had the consultation so basically how I am right now currently um for those of you wondering so he thinks he got 80 percent of the fibroid um and thinks that there was probably 20 percent left because he you know they can tell what they've taken out right um but he couldn't get it all because obviously like he was in my uterus okay so basically it had prolapsed so my cervix had dilated i was trying to like birth it my body was like get out of here those were the cramps um, you were feeling yes um my cervix was dilating and so i i actually am gonna ask him next time i see him waiting for the insurance still to process so ultimately i probably would have ended up in the er anyway right um but his office is great. They're going to do an MRI when I'm not bleeding because mm-hmm. they can't, they couldn't do it if I was bleeding and then probably have to have a second procedure, but it will not be anywhere near what it was because mm-hmm. this one was like the fibroid removal, but the severe anemia was like, it was like, it was related obviously to the fibroid, but that was mm-hmm. the more like, we need to make sure you have blood in you. I was running right. at like under a quarter of a tank. Um, and that like, that's the thing that was hard for me. I think in like recovery, I'm not great at resting anyway, regardless of what it is, sickness, whatever. But like, I was so tired. I've never been that yeah. tired before in my life. Um, I'm still tired. Like I still like I went back to work and I didn't realize, like I thought like, oh, I'm going to go back to work because I had rested for two weeks and I'm going to be like aces. Oh my God, everything wipes me out. Everything wipes me out so quickly. Well, <laughs> like I'm fine. Because you were off work for two weeks. You weren't resting. You were recovering. I was recovering. That's true. Not the same. You were. Yes. Even because recovery can be hard and just trying to move and function minimally while you're recovering is going to sap all your strength. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I luckily, though, luckily, and I don't know if it's just the pain receptors or what is going on, but I had like really bad cramping. That's how I would describe it. Um, and there are a couple of times I'd have like a whoo, whoa, um, moment, but nothing that a heating pad and some mm. like three ibuprofens wouldn't mm-hmm. like kick. Um, I am, I got progesterone to control my bleeding. Um, I did have my first cycle because like I said, they want to come every 30 days. Right. So I had my first one. That was emotionally, mentally, and physically very taxing. And of course, I got it the first day back to work. Of course. Um, so I was panicking, trying to hide my panic 
the entire day and the entire week kind of because I was I didn't realize this but I was like and I would just come home and I would just start crying because I was just like it can't it has to stop a I just want to stop bleeding and b I'm so scared that Mm-hmm. it's never gonna stop that I'm just gonna be in the same and I don't know so basically I can't I can pretty much do everything except for exercise because he doesn't know what my hemoglobin levels are mm-hmm. and that can be dangerous if I don't have enough then I'm not gonna have enough oxygen to send to my heart and send right. to all my other organs and he was like I don't want you to have a heart attack and I was like oh That's wow good. didn't think about that didn't know that could be a thing cool 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 thanks man um so yeah so that was crazy and we do have a listener that had asked me, um, like, how are things going? Like, I know had reached out when we did the first one. I was talking about the longer mm-hmm. cycles and mm-hmm. mentioned, like, I was having that. And then I had these procedures. And so I updated her on everything. Um, so, yeah. So just waiting, just hoping that the next time they do blood work, my hemoglobin is good. Um, it can take a while, though, I guess. And that's probably contributing to mm. a bit of the fatigue still because it's just... I they let me go at nine um and I a couple of like my like my mom and my sister are both nurses and I did not want to tell them what my levels were but I told them anyway um and they were like yeah we want we monitor people at 10 right so they were like yeah so take it easy don't do anything crazy right right um and so, yeah, I think it just depends on your body and how your body absorbs mm-hmm. iron. Mm-hmm. Um, that was another reason why this recent period um, freaked me out because I was like, I don't want to. I just got this. I just got this new blood. I don't want to lose it. Can't lose um, it already. <laughs> it won't give me anymore. <laughs> I know. Um, but and also, oh, I had worse. My cr- the cramping on this recent and okay so with a myomectomy so basically i had a um history i'm gonna butcher this hysteroscopic myomectomy where they go through and they go through vaginally and they take out the fibroid and so with any myomectomy your first period can be very heavy and pretty painful um not so much on the heavy part because he also did a DNC. Mm-hmm. So when, for those of you that don't know a DNC, it's going to like, kind of scrape the lining. Because yeah. they also wanted to check, make sure the fibroid was benign and also make sure I didn't have any like um, endometrial issues mm-hmm. or like – because he said he noticed a lot of cells. And I was like, don't tell me that now. Did you get the fibroid out? But it turned out to be fine. Everything came back negative. Everything's cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, the only other weird thing is my uterus might be a weird shape. Um, she might be a lopsided heart. But – he was then like kind of retracted on that when I talked to him on the phone and was like, but I don't really know because I need to get in there and I need to see it. And I was like, okay. Um, but he was like, did you look up? <laughs> I remember him asking me if I had looked up any information on like the different uterus shapes. And I was like, yes, professor. I did. Um, and I did. And there are lots. I just, and I was telling him, I was like, yeah, I just thought they were the one. I just thought they were like, yeah, little, that's, little all they never, that's all they've ever shown in the pictures. And that's what we got. Um, but it's not super uncommon. Um, and so, yeah, um, feeling very happy to be here (laughs) and recovering and well, and, um, really hoping the insurance goes through so I can get the MRI Mm -hmm. and then I can get the second procedure and just be done with this beach. Um, I know fibroids can grow back, but now, since this is now part of my history, now at least right. they'll check me mm-hmm. and they'll give me ultrasounds mm-hmm. and we'll make sure that we good. Um, and through, so through this whole process, it has, 
opened my eyes to how bad, how much of a problem mm-hmm. um, misdiagnosing fibroids. Mm-hmm. It's a, a really big issue for women. And um, there is, I mean, and especially women of color and especially uh, African-American women. Yeah. Statistically, so, 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 such a high chance, 80% of African-American women will develop fibroids before the age of 50 compared to 70% of white women. And if you couple that with uh, black women's pain and their issues Mm -hmm. being dismissed at a severely higher rate, um, it's a very, very, very dangerous situation. And so this whole process, I I have stumbled across um, like an advocacy group. And so if any of you are dealing, potentially dealing with fibroid issues or you, um, you know, you have a friend or someone that you know that the symptoms might sound similar, Mm -hmm. like gushing periods, huge clots, just changes. Um, It's called the White Dress Project. And for those of you that bleed, um, you'll understand the name because (laughs) like things that like things that I didn't even realize were going to become sort of like um, like pre-hospital. I was so I was so bogged down and so deflated and so I mean, I was literally being drained and then emotionally and mentally and I was still like carrying on. I'm not really that great at admitting I was kind of raised like I don't want to say don't complain but kind of like um it was more I think I wasn't told that sickness or stuff like that was a was a weakness but it was kind of modeled that behavior was Mm. kind of modeled for me like oh be tough you know kind of right um which sure okay that's fine but you know if that mentality puts you in the er is that a beneficial mentality you should just be honest with what you're dealing with it's not if you're having an issue it's not a weakness or a strength it's just the issue it just is what's happening um like oh my god like not wearing black bottoms not wearing long sweaters all the time being able to go out of the house and not need to know where the first First available bathroom is also mm-hmm. just being able to stand up from sitting down at work. Yeah. I can't tell you. every Because we have to stand up for every client. Mm-hmm. I would get so, every time I'd get so panicked, like, oh, God, is it going to gush out? It's going to gush out. And there were times when it would. And I'd have to hope and cross my fingers that no one was in the bathroom. And I'd be like, be right back. I mean, you knew. I would go, yeah. I would go to the bathroom a lot because um, I just had to check. Because stuff would just gush out of mm-hmm. me because of the fibroid. So there is, back to the White Dress Project. Um, it's an advocacy group for women and by and large for uh, African-American from black women for fibroids and fibroid awareness. Um, you can share your story um, on their website if you want, um, but you can also find resources and um, they do have a they have like overview about information about fibroids, treatment, myths, um, an FAQ. Um, you can also get involved where there's a $10 a month like donation. Mm-hmm. You can set up because what they do is not only do they provide information, but they also work with senators, congressmen um, and women uh, to, you know, create bills, create like uh, Kamala Harris is a great example. In 2020, um, she introduced a bill uh, for education, research and education funding on research and education on uterine fibroids. Um, because that's one of the big problems is, Mm -hmm. 
they there's just not it there it's such a for how common the issue is the amount of people that get misdiagnosed i mean just give if someone has a long just give them give them an ultrasound refer them to an ultrasound tech um i mean we've there's so many issues with healthcare in the states that are go beyond fibroids but i mean it's it's it it high risks of uh maternal mortality and morbidity mm-hmm. um and i mean like anemia is a huge huge problem and then also just like quality of life for people that suffer some people suffer with fibroids they have like these stories they have an instagram the white dress project um it's called i don't know if it's called we can wear white i think it's called we can wear white on i instagram. think so yeah because I, I remember you sharing something yeah um and all these stories they share stories from women that have had surgeries and had you know and so many cases of needing blood transfusions um there have like 17 fibroids removed or they have fibroids the size of watermelons Mm -hmm. can you imagine the size of a of a three-month-old baby in some cases um and just like how debilitating a the pain because like i you know I don't know why I was just like, well, whatever. But I had back pain. I had hip pain. Yeah. I had pelvic, constant pelvic pain. Um, and then just also just like feeling completely controlled. I just yeah. literally felt like all I was going to do was bleed. And that was my only option. And all I wanted to do was stay home and sit in a bath. That's all. That was the right. only thing. It was the only place that I felt that because like I was scared to sleep at night because mm-hmm. I thought I was going to bleed through everything. Um, and I'd put towels down and I'd, I'd put so many layers of like pads and things on because I was just like, I don't know. Cause that was the thing it, that like gushing feeling is just, oh, it's the worst. And I'm, I'm so happy. I feel so lucky that I did find, um, a doctor that takes it seriously mm-hmm. and also cares about like fertility and just keeping things intact and not removing things if you don't need to remove right. them, whether or right. not fertility is an issue or an option because once you remove once you have a hysterectomy then there's all these hormone changes these hormone supplements that you have to go on so it's a whole thing yep um and some women that's the only option their fibroids are just really aggressive and they grow back and they grow back and they grow back but that's so much has happened that used to be the only option that they would provide um so this group um the white dress project um their part of their advocacy is is like empowering patients to say you know if they only give you one option you need to get a second opinion because yeah. there should always be more than one. Yeah. Um, because now there are other treatments where they can sh- try and shrink the fibroids either with medicine or actual procedures or kind of like what I had done, the hysteroscopic mm-hmm. myomectomy where they're able to take it out vaginally mm-hmm. so you don't have incisions. There's laparoscopic and then there's um, uh, where they actually cut the abdomen, almost like a cesarean. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's for, you know, if you've got watermelon-sized fibroids, mm-hmm. you're probably going to have an abdominal yeah. incision yeah. um but you know if we were checking on these and acting on these before they developed mm-hmm. watermelon sized fibroids then maybe we would have a lot less women needing to be cut open we'd have a lot less people getting blood transfusions when yeah. if someone had just said like oh okay you're, you are noticing a change in your cycle mm-hmm. like that alone should be enough even if it's not fiber related as endometriosis if whatever it is if someone is coming in and saying hey this is different from me um you know it'd just be really cool if people would go let's check that out let's yeah. see why 
how is this different? And just talk to you rather than be like, you seem healthy enough. You're fine. You're young. You're cool. Whatever. Um, so yeah, so that was my crazy wild fibrome. I learned a lot of French, uh, medical terms. Um, that was like my little piece of joy was having my little French one-on-ones. When I was, cause we've talked about our periods plenty of times on this podcast. When I was like 16, 17, that was like the height of my period woes where mm. I bled for over 30 days once in a row oh, with something like awful. 35, 40 days in a row. And they could not get my period under control. And um, the doctor was afraid that it was fibroids. And so I was sent to get a an ultrasound. Um, and it turned out to not be the case. But yeah, uh, it was nonstop bleeding, heavy clotting, and just uncontrollable cycles. But it turned out it wasn't fibroids. It was just it me. Um, yeah. I just have uncontrollable. I had uncontrollable periods that for me, um, birth control ended up helping. Yeah. And so I count myself very lucky that I could, I could have something relatively inexpensive that just has mm-hmm. just kept getting more and more inexpensive and easier to get treatment. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I'd never realized how lucky I was that I had a doctor who like suspected that right away and said, this sounds like this. Let's make sure it's not right before rather than just telling me like, well, it'll, it'll work itself out. Keep an eye on it. You're just a stressed young lady. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's just like a hormone issue, whatever. And not that Planned Parenthood was saying whatever, but again, it's what you said. They've got, they have certain limited resources Mm -hmm. and they're doing what they can with those resources. They are not there for that kind of issue. Yeah. They are there mostly for family planning, hence Planned Parenthood. Um, So anything kind of bigger than that is beyond them. But it does upset me (laughs) that I'm sure you're not the only person who's ever gone to Planned Parenthood where it's been something beyond their scope and are told, well, don't worry about it. It seems like it should be fine. Yeah, it would have been super cool because no shade to Planned Parenthood. They do an amazing service and give amazing care to a lot of people. And I'm grateful for them. They have done several pap smears for me. But it would be super cool. And I think this goes into the research and the awareness Mm -hmm. piece of just, you know, saying I'm really going to recommend this other free clinic. See if they'll give you an ultrasound. Right. I would recommend you you get an ultrasound. You may. Yeah. I would recommend following up with an ultrasound. Here's the list of, you know, low cost, no cost clinics. Or if you're really that concerned, it might be something that you're willing to do out of pocket. Like, right. I would really recommend spending the few hundred bucks. Yeah. On this to make sure it is or isn't. Yeah, um, exactly. And I, it's, it's, it's a weird, the medical world is such a weird place because, and I know primarily women, but I also know some men that have dealt with this as well. Um, and I can't even fathom what the medical world must feel like to someone who is transgender mm. or non-binary right. having to 
wade through all of that. Um, oh God, I that makes my heart break. Um, but like I, you know, several people where it's the first time you go and it's meh, second time you go and it's meh, third time, fourth time. It shouldn't take. In theory, it really shouldn't take you multiple times. No. Um, right? Like, at least just listening and, and and respecting the person enough. And I get that, like, you know, things happen and doctors are people and nurses are people and things like that. But even I, I know so many nurses that say, like, oh, yeah, I didn't realize the what how the medical system was so effed until I became a nurse. And then I really saw the issues especially for women especially for any minority what you're dealing with Mm -hmm. if you're dealing with lgbtq if you're dealing with people of color if you're dealing like whatever you're dealing with like it's just not the same level of care and caution and consideration well i think too especially when it's something like a menstrual issue for anybody who menstruates Mm -hmm. it's well it's just period it's just period yeah, and they're probably overreacting they're not bleeding that heavy that's kind of the vibe that even if they are well that's just yeah, it happens sometimes. It's just ble- mm-hmm. it's just bleeding. Yeah. Like it's just it's just menstrual bleeding. Like Yeah. Get Which over is it. so crazy because it's like you as well, a, it, it as shouldn't a person have, that it shouldn't yeah. have taken you hemorrhaging to life threatening levels. Yeah. To get it figured out. Or not figured yeah. out, but to get it addressed. Yeah. And again, like the the place that Katie ended up going to it was a clinic I went to I noticed it driving past it one day because it's right near a Starbucks I like to go to um and I saw it and was like oh that's interesting it we'll just shout them out right mm-hmm. it's oh yeah uh, it's femme next generation uh women's healthcare. it's sometimes I I just looked it up on Instagram I think it's like well we'll link it in the episode mm-hmm. show notes and stuff yeah. but it's um femme women's health care or femme yeah. women's health um on Instagram, but I saw it and I saw, I saw the name Femme like in huge letters and was like, what's that? Not for yeah. me. <laughs> and then I saw like next generation healthcare and it's essentially a very boutique women's health clinic yeah, where they deal with like gynecological issues. Um, they also do more sort of like injectables and things mm-hmm. like that. So they do like, uh, what is it? Botox and fillers and all those things, but they're mostly there for like women's health care. Yeah, um, like pregnant, like uh, OBs mm-hmm. and like yeah, like uh, um, pregnancy and all that kind yes. of stuff. And- so I saw they had really good reviews, and I was like, "Well, it's kind of expensive, but you know, yeah, okay." Like I'm gonna, you know, I, I'm a at, at some point you get out of. The Planned Parenthood, like you, you get lucky enough, you know, that you you are making enough to be able to be out of Planned Parenthood, out of the Planned Parenthood tier. So I yeah. ended up going there to get my new IUD. Yeah. Um, and I really, I thought it was like great care. It's of course you're paying more, mm-hmm. um, because I believe it was how much for to be seen. It was like two forty. So I think like a baseline is like, just it, like a oh, it was 190. baseline visit 190 yes. and then anything above that. They were really sweet though. Like they totally worked. They were like, we're just going to charge it as this so that you don't have to pay. Right. Da, 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 da. Right. And then like when they realize you're paying out of pocket, yeah. they, they will work with you. Going in and they do take health care. They do take mm-hmm. health insurance. But um, 
I if you don't got it, <laughs> I don't I don't got it. So I went in and let them know I was paying out of pocket, and it was great. But so like a just a a standard visit starts at one ninety, mm-hmm. which is not cheap. It's no. not you know not breaking the bank necessarily, but it's more than you're used to paying, especially if you go to yeah. something like Planned Parenthood. If I didn't where have it's a credit free. card. Yeah, I couldn't have done it. So it's a couple hundred dollars, but you are going to get really, really specialized care mm-hmm. and very individual care. Uh, when you mm-hmm. go in, especially with the pandemic, you're very often the only patient in at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get, there's like one doctor that's there on staff that day and that's who you'll see. And they're very kind. Mm-hmm. They follow up. They're like, they're very focused on you, on your care. Mm-hmm. So I had told Katie about it, not really thinking like, Katie, you need to go here. But it was just like, oh, I went to this place. And this is why word of mouth is so great, especially with these kinds of things. It's like, I went there. It was great. And that's it. And so it was like the seed got planted. Mm -hmm. And I think when you get to a certain point where like, I know something's wrong and people are telling me there's nothing wrong, but I live in my body every single day. Something ain't right. Yeah. And I need someone to tell me something else other than, we'll just give it some time. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, which is well-meaning. And maybe there wasn't anything obviously wrong. Yeah. But there was more that could have been done that didn't even get suggested. Yeah. And I think that, unfortunately, that happens to a lot of women because yep. you were saying, um, you know, not necessarily that you were told admitting that you're not feeling well is a weakness. I think a lot of women get get taught that mm-hmm. kind of behavior. Nobody ever says it out loud to you. Exactly. You just observe but it you and, observe and absorb it, it. And you learn that, especially when it comes to something like your period, there's so much shame. Mm-hmm. There's so much it. judgment about, like, just deal with it. You have mm-hmm. a CBD gummy. Like, yeah, you know, all these like kind of patronizing things that even other women say to you. Oh, for sure. Everyone I saw. Yeah. Before they were all women. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like, I don't think it's any kind of nefarious conscious right. there was thing. No malicious intent. It's just this is how this is what we are all as, as women and anybody who bleeds is yeah. silently taught this that. It's just your period. You can't mm-hmm. complain about it because you're going to be seen as a like a weak person with their period. Yeah. Yep. Um, and not the case. A lot yeah. of really crazy shit can happen <laughs> with so our much stuff with can those happen. parts. It's, yeah. it's a complicated. It's like we're a complicated like tinker toy down there. Yeah. Um, so I just. It's so frustrating to see it happen, especially when to see it happen to like friends that you really care about that like, um, I don't know if you're willing to share the compare and contrast photo of before and after the transfusion. Now, let me say to everybody what I told Katie when she told, when she showed me the side by side photos of her before and after the blood transfusion, she never looked bad. (laughs) <laughs> Katie never looked sickly. She never looked like, girl, you in danger. You okay? Yeah. Um, I think it might have been because you couldn't see my mouth. 
Oh, because yeah, no, but I saw you like on Zoom. That's and true. Stuff. I, and it's well, not like a hundred. It's not a hundred percent. Okay, because can I tell filtered you? Filtered makeups, but uh, yeah, I would. <laughs> I don't have it on anymore. But there was a time period where I was like, I look fucking tired all the goddamn time. Why are my dark circles so intense? So then I was like, is it just age? I was buying like <laughs> products and things, and I would turn this Zoom filter like the enhance it's like to a full, max. Give me a face of shape it. tape. Yeah. wash it out please yeah. thank you and then I would always I was noticing like god I would just put like a little bit of pink mm. on and I was like huh but no but I agree and I and like even it wasn't until like the very last week because the picture was actually from the 10th of February okay. and so it was like nine days before mm-hmm. shit really hit the fan but um my boo had actually taken a picture of me on Wednesday when I was going to work um, I worked the night before. I'm like, what was wrong? What was wrong with me? And I was like, I would get out of breath doing laundry. I would get out of breath walking up and down the hallway. And I was just thinking like, oh, it's COVID. I haven't worked out. This is why right. like walking up the stairs, right. I would get out of breath. But again, oh, passing out or But fainting. again, right away, you start making excuses. And instead of thinking like, you know, I'm essentially bleeding nonstop. Yeah. And I'm feeling really fatigued all of a sudden. <laughs> I know. So huh. many naps. I slept all the time. Yeah. My but God. again, but you just, in your head, you just like, it's just my period. I can't get yeah. taken out by my period. Right. I can push through and like, I don't yeah. want to, I also don't want to tell anybody. Yeah. Like, I think my period's doing this to me. Yeah. And I remember my boo, he was like, yeah, he was like, I looked at those photos and I, it was the first time that I was just really like, oh God, is she okay? Like you looked gray. And I looked, and, I, and that's like the photo that right. I took. Like that was like me. That was me and no makeup. And comparatively like I remember looking at that photo before being like oh it's not a bad photo and then looking at myself after the blood transfusion like my lips are so much more naturally pink (laughs) than I had realized (laughs) like it's 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 upset it's a little upsetting um but at the same time it's like I feel like I kind of need to like I can't there was one therapist there was one therapist that did say to me yeah she saw it. She, I was doing laundry and she just looked at me and she was like, hmm, how's your health? And I was like, Ugh. and see, and I, I, I kind of panicked because I already knew like I was bleeding all the time. I was feeling really tired. My right. head was pounding. I didn't know what was wrong with me. Right. Every time I moved, my head would start pounding again. Um, and, and oh my poop. Oh my God. My, I was so constipated. Like I have not to be I too team about poop because people, some people really don't like poop. I am having the best poops of my life now well that stupid fibroid like can i tell you that we're both having the best poops of our lives oh, I, finally, I love it i finally regularly started taking <laughs> what do you start taking miralax oh no no no, no. It's just a probiotic it's just oh. a probiotic but i've taken them in the past but i like i'm terrible at taking vitamins and minerals and probiotics like I'm just I'm the worst I don't take medicine regularly and I'm very bad at it so I got a really cute little pill case it's it's a bubblegum pink it's real cute um and I just put my multivitamin my probiotic everything goes in there for every single day and I have it in a very conspicuous spot in my bathroom so I remember like Mm -hmm. I haven't been at 100% because it's me but I've been at you know 85 to 95% of the time I'm, I'm taking it Best poops of my life. I, Best easiest okay. poops of my life. So I have never had a poop problem. 
especially after going G free. Mm-hmm. I was like a three per day after every meal. Right as rain, regular. Yes, like I was a pooping queen. You went down and to then with rent. this, oh my god! Like, like constipated, little rabbity poops, like painful, kind of almost. Like, mm. what is going on? And then, oh, lo and behold, I was so scared to poop after the surgery, but it was actually fine because the peeing was the horrible part. Yeah. Oh, the peeing. Yeah. It literally felt like someone was taking like those old fashioned like clothesline pins, mm-hmm. like the wooden ones. That's what it felt like. It felt like I was, and like, what you gotta pee? What can you do? You gotta go, and it was just I had to be like, you're just gonna do it. And it was like my face, okay. Um, but I would kill for like twenty five pairs of those mesh underwear, though. Those hospital mesh underwear. They've got to start selling them. They're a freaking. I've drink. heard every woman I've ever heard who had the mesh underwear from the hospital raves about it. Love them. Years after they they've Love not them. not needed them. Um. Uh, Jangela Chase does not did not like them. Oh well, but that's very you know. Jange. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, I love I love I live laugh love the poop. I will for sure. I just said I live laugh love the poop. Also, very embarrassed that Ovaltine was like the second thing that came to me after um, like Miralax. I said Miralax, then I said Ovaltine. Ovaltine, but you might take an Ovaltine. Um, no, just to probiotic, but I got the gig. I actually oh, have a lot of photos. Okay, so I have a lot of photos because my boo couldn't come with me. And it was like, that was the saddest. That was the hardest, honestly, emotionally. Because like I I was, and I shouldn't feel guilt because it's like I was getting taken care of when I was right, in like a right. pretty, pretty bad shape health-wise. But I remember thinking like, well, I'm getting updates. And I am, once I got in, mm-hmm. once I got there and I knew they were taking it seriously, I felt so relieved yeah. Because I, I did that panic of like, okay, I have to get this thing out, but when am I going to get it out? When's my insurance going to go through? And like being just in the hospital and being like, okay, they're doing something. I'm doing something. They're helping me. But like I was sending so many pictures. So I have like my first one where I have my chucks on still and I'm like laying in the bed and I'm like, okay, okay, I'm here. I'm feeling okay. Because he couldn't come in. And he right. waited. Bless his heart. Oh, it makes me actually a little emotional because it was so sad because I know he was so worried. Um, So they took me in and then – he waited so he could still see me. He wanted to still see me before mm-hmm. they took me back. So he was just like outside the glass, just like texting me. He was like, I can see you. He's like, I'm not going to leave until they take you back. I was like, okay. Um, oh, so sweet. Um, but so I, what I wanted to try to do was like just text him as much information, as like much detail as I could get. So right. like I was like, okay, they're doing this. Okay, they're going to do an ultrasound. Okay, they're going to give me blood. Okay, they're probably going to admit me. Okay, I'm definitely going to get like just trying to update him as much as possible. So I took like selfies of me like getting blood. So I have photos if you guys want to see them. I will share them all um there's me like thumbs up like getting blood doing the thing um i think that's the only like kind of gross one is like the blood bag with like the um well but you know but um my color you can see my color change yeah it's crazy because well i remember getting the text from katie when she was in the hospital that was like well surprise yeah the er i was like wait excuse me what (laughs) And then yeah. I fell asleep. Like we had been, te- it was still pretty late when you were texting me and I, cause I was like up late, doesn't matter, whatever. But then at some point I went to sleep and then I woke up to the, I'm going in for surgery. And it was like, it, it, I can't remember when it was. It must've been like two, three in the morning when, cause you hadn't gone in yet, but you had been told yeah. that you were going to go in. Yeah. Um, and then I texted you with your boo a little bit. And then he told me when you were out and was like, she's out she's good doing doing well 
And then yeah. what do you when you they finally released you and you got to go home? Oh good. Um, oh he yeah because I was like oh, God, you gotta tell me yeah. Um, then a couple days like after you'd been recuperating at home for a couple days and you sent me the picture of you after, and then like we did the before and after and I was just like, holy shit! It's crazy. It's crazy. I had not realized like I when you said like gray. Yeah, because it, it that's the only way you can describe it. But it's not like you I would have seen you and been like, oh, she's she's not well. She's unwell. Yeah, because it I think it maybe even happened so gradually and it had been happening for so yes. long that it had had been like every everyone. I mean, myself small, was adjusting. Yeah, it was small changes that were happening. So it yeah. was never like you one day just didn't look well. But then to see it next to the like glowing rosy skin shocking four bags of fresh well fresh maybe dairy laden blood (laughs) in you that I was like oh my god I had never realized like what this was doing to you me neither because you you (laughs) couldn't have you couldn't tell in person yeah. I also just like tried to like, I don't know. My therapist is talking and helping, trying to help me work yeah. through this. But yeah. like um, she recommended like maybe like a symptom checker or something because mm. I, she was like, it was it was nice of her. Because the one thing that I remember feeling very weird about um, and the doctor did it and other people were doing it in the hospital. And I was just kind of feeling like, yeah, but I feel dumb. And my therapist was trying to be like. I don't want you to carry any shame or an embarrassment about it because mm-hmm. I definitely processing that too. Um, like feeling embarrassed that it did take me to the ER, feeling, you know, feeling that. But like um, I remember the nurse, the post-op nurse actually ended up knowing my husband from like high school or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. And saying like, man, your wife is tough. She got four bags of blood. Like she's a tough lady. And the other people saying that and then even the doctor, when I talked to him, he was like, well, because he was like, how you feeling? I was like, oh man I was like I feel so much better than I did and he was like well I mean yeah you're not you're not a complainer and I was like but maybe I should be like a little bit a tiny bit of a complainer you yeah know what I mean like like well, but it's nobody means anything bad by what they're saying and they don't mean to insinuate right that had you complained you were somehow deficient Right. But it's that kind of thing. And it's the way that women, not just women, but it's the way some people, many of whom are women, process that kind of what's meant to be a compliment from Mm -hmm. someone. Like their their intent isn't to cause some sort of like mental fuckery with you. It just does. Because hello. Yeah. Um, But (laughs) when someone says... God, you know, yeah, like you're so tough. You're not a complainer. It's like, ooh, but you know, if you're not feeling well, it's perfectly okay to complain. Exactly. Like that's the thing of like what I want to do is I kind of want to reprogram a little bit and be like, hey, let's be a little bit aware. Instead of thinking like somehow you're going to fix it, Mm -hmm. you're going to figure out because like you have to fix it. You're also, you're not a doctor. You can't prescribe things to yourself. Right. It's totally cool to reach out to people who can't yes because that's the other thing too is like you of all people like I was telling you about the bleeding and I was Mm -hmm. sharing that Mm -hmm. but I really the only person that really knew 
how bad it was was my boo. Yeah, because I had person no that- idea. I just remember you saying it's heavy, it's nonstop. But and even then, like, yeah, having gone through like a small portion of that myself, it never occurred to me that it was like. But really, girl, how you doing? Like. What's yeah. it like? What's it like? It must be fucking awful to 24 hours a day never stop thinking about your body betraying you, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> and like to not be able to rest from something like it's like chronic pain. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have spent what a year plus? Yeah. Not being able to get a break physically from it, but also mentally. Because even I'm sure when you weren't bleeding those like 10 day respites that you had, mm-hmm. all you could think about was fuck, when's it going to start again? Yeah. Yep. I still, I still panic. Um, I'm still panicked. The first bleed, my poor boo, he's seen me cry more in oh. the last, <laughs> I don't know how long. Cause it's just like, I just, and I get it. And I'm trying to just like let it out when it happens because of course, of course, like, I think it I, for me everything happened to me so fast in like the recovering and the healing and the help portion that I didn't process a lot of the emotions that I that I like I didn't process a maybe the severity of what was happening because I was also just so relieved like oh my god someone's helping me. I remember just feeling that like mm-hmm. everyone's being so nice and they're helping me. Oh my god. Um that like now after the fact like the first I knew I okay so every time I go to the bathroom I'm terrified that's not going to go away for a while um and I had stopped bleeding because he's I'm on progesterone just Mm -hmm. like um 10 milligrams to control any like super heavy bleeding and it's basically just a band-aid to get me like to get me through the insurance getting processed get the MRI get the second procedure but um that is helping so much with the amount because progesterone um, actually keeps your lining from forming. So yeah. it's going to keep the bleeding down. I still have had some bleeding. So the first period was a lot. Um, and it was also really painful, which I think also was like, oh, my God. And there's just this panicked feeling. I can't trust that mm-hmm. it's going to stop. And I still feel that way because I'm still having a little bit of blood. That's normal for me on a normal cycle. And I keep trying to have to remember, like, that's normal. You also just had surgery. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you're not. I have to keep, like, reminding myself of myself of the positives. Like, I haven't I haven't bled through a pad right. in, uh, when? Since the 19th. Mm-hmm. Like, I haven't. Almost a month. Which is great. Yeah, that's incredible. I had bleeding, but I haven't bled through anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, normally when I would wake up, it was just like the Tina Belcher diarrhea walk. Like it was just <clears throat> gravity would take hold and it was like, let's crab walk. Let's like mm, squeeze walk to the bathroom. Um, so and like also being able to step out of the shower and not have to have something immediately to put on and go on so I don't make a mess in the bathroom. Right, right. Um, those are like these like I have to keep reminding myself like, oh, OK, yeah. We're getting better. Things are progressing. Things are the, the, the hormones are working. This is great. It's going to be okay. But also like under trying to like trying to give myself a little bit of a break yeah. and be like, you're going to be a little freaked out. You're going to be a little emotional. It's this was a, this was a lot. It's and it's a lot more than you want to process. I think too. Right. Like, part of it is right. like, I don't want to think about that. Um, oh God. But imagine even when was, if you were still, well, you're still waiting for the insurance to process. I mean, 
Yeah. Be careful what you wish for because I remember you said, I just want to get this out. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, my body said, okay. <laughs> okay. Here um, we go. Oh my God. Yeah. Apparently like the fibroid had like rug burn basically is how the best you could describe it. And also it had twisted. Like he was like, yeah. <laughs> he was like, that's probably from you like it passing all the way through because it was like in my vaginal canal. Um, which I also think is maybe why my uterus seemed, I don't know. I'm no doctor, but like to me, I was thinking about gravity and it's, yeah, yeah, it's like a stem. Right. Um, so maybe like it was like, like pulling on the uterus. I don't know. Does that bounce back? Does that stay like that? I don't know. It's got to bounce back from a baby. Like right. A baby beat in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to bounce back. back. Okay. So maybe she's fine. Cause no one, I've actually had an MRI before and no one told, not an MRI. I had an an ultrasound mm-hmm. like in my early 20s I had my first abnormal pap and they did um an ultrasound and they didn't say that my uterus looked weird so. yeah but if there are different shapes they wouldn't have right that's true like if different but it's they are abnormal though oh they're abnormal shapes so there's like uh septum there's like heart. all I can do is stare at that diamond that's over your shoulder by the way on the tap on the the tapestry yeah. that's all i can think it's all i can't think like journey mitchell look at her she look at oh, her she's that's not journey mitchell look at her she's got she's got her her uterus her diamond uterus up there a diamond uterus i met carol king i said joni mitchell what's wrong with me um claim to be a musician okay well so that's tina belcher crab walk i'm sorry Oh y'all, I Ugh. will share I will share our photos. Have you had experience share with us any experiences, any hospital experiences? Um, be it gynecological or not. Um also my doctor looks like um Kyle Mooney from SNL. But like a long haired well no, he has long hair. I think that might all have also been too. All I can remember visually of him are the big glasses, the little like bun in the back, and the deep V with the chest hair. Every time scrubs with the Chester. Every time you talk about being in the hospital with the doctor, that's who I picture. I I fully can only picture Kyle yeah. Mooney. He is uh, honestly. Oh, is it Kyle? It's Kyle. Yeah, right. Kyle is it Mooney? Kyle? Um, because I, I, I called him David for a while. I don't oh, know, I, I said Kevin. It's Kyle. For uh, I think it's Kyle though. Is it Kyle? I think it's Kyle. Yeah, I'm, I think you're right. I'm think almost it's certain it's Kyle. Yeah. Um, oh, I love. I just I love a a little bit of a spastic energy. So I remember he was like, do you have any more questions for me when I was talking to him? And I was like, no, I just I just can't th- tell you like how thankful I am. Like, I'm so grateful like for everybody. Like I am just so he was just like he paused for a second. And it was just like, hallelujah. Oh, like, no. And I went back and I told but I don't think it was like a religious thing because I went back and I told my boo about it. And I was like, doesn't he strike you as the type of person that like at the end of the day, he's like leaving. And he just goes like, God, why did I say Hallelujah. Why am I such a weirdo? But totally. Like that type of person where his brain is just like, it's just going, 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 and just random things come out. Because um, everything is like, it's almost like, it's almost like he's mirroring the interaction a little bit of like, well, this is how I'm so like, okay. Um, I've never seen anyone more like it, disbelief, which I mean, maybe that's not very comforting. That's not. I, like, <laughs> of like, what is going on? Um he did tell my boo I'm the lowest that he's, uh, as far as like anemia, the lowest, like, not the lowest. Living? Yeah. The, not the lowest he's ever seen because he's seen one corpses. Of the, yeah. Cause he's seen, <laughs> worked in the morgue, um, <laughs> too soon, but, <laughs> but like, and I was like, mm-hmm, that's not really a, 
not an aspiring category that I've yeah. been looking to be in. in my I've, life. I always said I want to be special, but I don't. I don't mean like that. No, I don't want to no, stand no. out to any doctor. No, thank you. Yes, I don't want to be. Um, I do. My only other claim to medical fame is I have a picture of my tongue when I had Lyme disease because uh, my thrush was so bad. Mm-hmm. This is going to sound really gross. That it was like my tongue looked like it was like splitting. It wasn't actually splitting, but the thrush was so bad. Yeah. And it was such a dark color from the antibiotics and all the things that they were like, can we take a picture? And I was like, okay, where's this going? Um, published in some paper somewhere. But yeah, that's the only other... <laughs> bizarre medical claim to fame that i have um the only one i've got i guess is good one if i'm gonna get one it was when i was a a baby not a baby because i had teeth uh (laughs) a dentist told my parents like she has the most perfect set of teeth i've ever seen that's the best Um, that's what you want to hear but then my adult teeth came in and that's not the same and it's not the baby teeth the baby teeth my adult teeth fyi because again let's make this about me for a minute um (laughs) They're not bad, but the bottom teeth are kind of crooked. Oh, you can't see. Mm. But the bottom teeth are crooked because I have a small mouth with large teeth, which you would think would have hindered my popularity, but it didn't. Not the slightest because I'm a survivor. Um, I make it hork. Um, But I do have very naturally straight teeth, except for that bottom bottom bunch in the front. Similar to me. I have like, you have nicer teeth than me, though. They're very like, they're like classic teeth. Mine are kind of rounded. I've had a lot of people, my dentist once had to check the chart if they had um, given me teeth whitening before. Mm. And whenever I go in and I have to have a procedure and that it needs like enamel, like either a cavity that's filled or like if, uh, I can't remember which one now, one of these teeth is bonded at the bottom because I cracked it in Paris, mm. eating a ham and cheese sandwich. Um, I, not doing anything heroic. I just, my bottom snaggle tooth hit the top tooth at the bad <laughs> angle and, and chipped a piece Ow. out of it. Um, but they use like the, the formula, like the color that they use is the whitest that they have. I mean, that's a humble Ooh. brag. Mm. And no, my teeth have never been whitened. I'll be like, can um, I get the, um, the, uh, chiffon? Can you have a chiffon shade? Can I get the champagne? Shade? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, it's mm. only slight, only a hint of a whisper of gold. <laughs> uh, no, like I had a cousin who, a was ob- beige. who was obsessed with bleaching his teeth because his teeth naturally yellowed and he mm. took excellent care of his teeth. Mm-hmm. He like used straws for draw for darker liquids. He was very, very conscious of the teeth used whitening, like toothpaste and things like that. But his teeth just naturally yellowed. Yeah. Um, and now I'm just picturing George Washington. It wasn't that bad. Um, <gasps> those, those urchin teeth? No. They were stealing them teeth, y'all. They were not wooden. What? Uh, and my teeth are just old. I, well, I also I don't drink coffee mm. on a regular basis. I do drink tea, but it's always iced, so it's always through a straw because I have to have yeah. a straw because I'm a BB. Uh, my teeth. I don't want the cold hitting my teeth. Um, and Yeah. Well, I'm a boozer, but I like the clears. You like the clear booze more yeah. than the darks. But anyway, it's just it's gen- teeth. It's all genetics. genetics and money. Yeah, like you got you hit the genetic lottery, as in my case, or you hit the actual lottery and you have the money to make your teeth look beautiful. But yeah, I got lucky. For sure. Yeah. The rest of me, hot mess, <laughs> but all on the foundation of really good teeth. That's really all I need. 
Oh, well, that's it. That's all we got for you. That's it. She's no giving more personal you everything. Stories. Oh, you, not it. today. I mean, not today. No more personal not stories like today. today on the next 20 yeah. minutes. It's been, whew, it's been, we need uh, a little break in this household slash family ish place with the, with the hospitals because the G ma was just in the, yeah in the hospital, but she's back now. She's good. I mean, she's, she's healing, but, um, yeah, my boo needs a little bit of a break. So no one else, no one else act a fool. Bob up in this Bob, Bob, Bob is an angel baby. And, um, he, and I won't go too into it cause I know we're going to end it, but he 100% knew something was up. He would, well, he was like my course. little tiny shadow. He was like, lady, listen, he was, he was my Whoopi Goldberg that I needed. But just couldn't vocalize it to me. Maybe he just smelled your fresh blood and was like, mm, this is different. Mm. Like beforehand, he oh, was before. just like, you okay? Oh my God. Ma'am. And the things, I used to need scolding hot showers. Like, like, like the hottest. And now I'm like, ooh, that's hot. But like, I needed, I like, it's so weird. And all I didn't blues. want coffee. I didn't want coffee at all. Which is like blasphemous for me to say that because I've been drinking coffee, which is explains the <laughs> lovely cream colored teeth. Um, Stop. I've been drinking coffee since I was like, it's 16. Like I would have co- I would make coffee in the morning for before I would go to school. I just turned 45 years old and I still have to remind my dad that I don't like coffee. <laughs> I was the only one and uh, my mom loved it. And I would just be like, yeah, put a couple extra cups in there for me. I'll drink some in the morning and I would <sighs> drink it. Get up like six forty five. Drink my coffee. I actually want to buy an iced coffee maker mm. because oh, my boo would love that. I will not. I won't. I so rarely. Dead of winter, I might have a hot uh, a flat white for a hot coffee, but like a cup of coffee hot. Oh, no. winter, spring, summer, or fall. I Get want it, it iced. Mm. I want it all iced. The only hot beverage I will will. Well, there are two hot beverages I will willingly drink. Hot tea occasionally, uh, like if I feel like being cozy. And then when it gets colder weather, I can have a hot chocolate. But that's I love it. a cocoa. Otherwise, I, I need mm. a cold. I need ice, and I need a lot of it. I need a venti <sighs> drink with extra ice in a Trenta cup. I, I, you know, I drink a lot of hot beverages. I drink a cup of coffee in the morning, and then I usually have a hot tea or hot coffee in the afternoon. And then I love warm tea or a cocoa at night. Like, wind me down. Oh, I love it. I also, like, I just love, there's something about having a hot beverage that is so soothing to me. I think it, like, soothes anxiety. Mm. I'll get it before we go to the studio. Before we go have a meeting. Before I go to work, I'll get one. I love it. It's just like a, mm, it's like a little blanket. I do like a hot tea, but it's always too hot. And I have to ask them to please put a few Mm. ice cubes in it to cool it down. I oh, be, yeah. When you I get tea made for you, it's, yeah. it is so hot. I basically need a very, very warm beverage. I don't want a hot beverage. Mm. Don't like it. Yeah. I'm a trop- I'm from a tropical yeah, people. A <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like the hot drinks. I, I really <laughs> don't like a heater being on. The hot air, mm. like blow, artificially hot air blowing at me. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I love a heating pad. I don't love a heater. Me and Bob, we love the heating pad. I love it. Uh, every night, no matter how cold it is outside, I will wake up guaranteed every morning with everything but a single sheet on me. Oh I God. can not stand 
to be covered up. I just oh my can't. God. Cuddle me, make me a little like biscuit in those sheets. I mean, it feels delicious when I go mm. to bed. I love to have especially a nice fluffy comforter like all around and just like, okay, here we go. And as soon as I fall asleep, my body is just rejecting it. And it's just, <laughs> it's just scissor kick, scissor kick, scissor kick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. I just, I love it so much. I'm like, I'm just going to wrap up and all the things. My boo too. My boo is, my boo is colder than me. I don't know how. He layers. I won't, I won't, okay. I won't out him. It's that Scandinavian blood. It is. I, you know what's crazy? I have that too. I think it might be it. I love it. It's you come totally from cold out. stock. Yeah. Mm, 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 Despite mm. what 23andMe says, I am from a tropical people. <laughs> I'm more, more Euro than the tropes, but I need, I need that tropical. The but tropical, are you Mediterranean Euro? That is Mediterranean. Yeah. Yeah. So the Mediterranean plus the, uh, the Mexican, which, and the mm. Mexican is more recent. So I just think of it as more powerful. The European <laughs> blood is more diluted within me. <laughs> I love that. I'm like Baltic. I'm like Baltic and Norwegian and Swedish and German and um, like Ukrainian. Well, technically, I think I'm, I hit all. No, I don't hit all the continents because I don't not. There's no Australian mm. uh, ancestry. And I think there's no like Indian. Oh, OK. Ancestry. Yeah. And that's about it. Otherwise, a good map. Otherwise, my map is lit up on all other parts. I love that. I am every woman, man. You are. Child. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, speaking of you men, children, you man, child, um, Julia Childs, I don't know. Um, we're out of here we're out Audi we'll see you 5, later 000. find us on the Instagram at the bottom Bible all over the interwebs at the bottom Bible um, again rate review subscribe steal your friends phones and rate review subscribe they'll like it Shh, don't worry about it um, yeah, they'll love it they'll love it they'll love it at Levitt's we'll become your new best friends uh, and if not well <laughs> sorry I'll bleed on you no oh <laughs> I have the power. Oh, gross. No, thank you. I need to keep it all. Thanks. Keep it all. No, they won't give keep her. They won't keep giving her more if she just keeps losing it. I know. It's a one time deal. Listen, lady. <laughs> um, I just imagine them as giant Capri Sun pouches. That's kind of what they were. They were honestly just like, I have a picture. Like vampire Capri Suns. Yeah. Hashtag Twilight. I'll send it to you. All right, y'all. All right, guys. Peace on that note. Bye.